One morning, I shot an elephant in my pajamas. How he got my pajamas, I don't know. That was Frank Perante, the star and creator of An Evening with Groucho, an interactive solo show coming to New Jersey next month. I'm Susan Walner for the Jersey Arts Podcast. Groucho Marx was a legendary American comedian. Born Julius Henry Marx in 1890, Groucho joined the vaudeville circuit as a teenager with his brothers Chico, Gummo, Harpo, and Zeppo. The Marx brothers were a hit on Broadway and in movies like Animal Crackers, Duck Soup, and A Night at the Opera. Groucho went on to a successful solo career in television as the host of the game show You Bet Your Life. Frank Ferrante is the foremost interpreter of Groucho Marx. And tell him Groucho sent you. His one-man show has been called Masterful, Effortless, and a Tour de Force. He joins me from Seattle. Welcome, Frank. Thank you. Tell me what it is about Groucho that makes him worth a one-man show. Well, it's there's a great deal of, of humor that he's generated over seven decades and continues to generate. It's been since the uh, 19-teens. And it's his irreverence that I think that makes him still relevant and his his persona that takes down authority and, and, and the powerful. Uh, it, he's still appealing because he represents the outsider. Uh, he represents many of us. He's an alter ego for many of us. Uh, he takes down doctors and lawyers and politicians and the, the extremely wealthy within his films. It never It never gets old. You've actually been playing Groucho since you were in college, from from what I understand. How did you get started on this? Uh, I loved I loved the Marx Brothers from the moment I saw them when I was about nine years old, in uh, A Day at the Races, and I became completely thrilled by, by their wildness. And uh, I set out to see every movie I could see, and I went to my local library in Sierra Madre, California, a very small town. I was a I was a shy boy, and I felt empowered by their antics, their wildness, the physical shenanigans and the verbal interplay. It was really exhilarating. And I became intrigued with comedy of that era, Laurel and Hardy and W.C. Fields, uh, Jack Benny and, and Hope and Crosby and Martin and Lewis, you know, the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. And um, I studied theater uh, in in high school and then at the University of Southern California. And as part of a senior project, I put on a show about Groucho Marx, which is a very early version of what I'm doing now, almost 30 years later. And I invited Groucho Marx's son, uh, Arthur Marx, to see me. And I invited Groucho Marx's daughter, Miriam. And I invited Groucho's, one of his writers, Maury Riskind, who at the time was 89, who had co-written Animal Crackers and the, the coconuts and a night at the opera and the sh- I did the show at my on campus at a theater and uh, it was a big success and the audience stood up there was an extended ovation it was an incredible experience I was 22 years old and Arthur Marks who was a playwright said to me if, if I ever do another play about my father I would like to use you and I graduated and within a few months I was playing my hero Groucho Marx in Arthur Marx's play and it was called Groucho, A Life in Review. And in that play, I, I portrayed Groucho from age 15 to 85. Within a year of my graduation, we were in New York. And I was playing off-Broadway at the Lucille Hortel Theater. And that was the, during the 1986-87 season. And it was, a, it was a great success. It played about a year and won awards. And it just, it just snowballed. It was, it was a very heady, exciting time for me. 
a big part of your show, uh, An Evening with Groucho, is you interacting with the audience as Groucho. You have to react to whatever situations might arise, whatever they might say. Do you somehow channel him? Or do you have so- an endless supply of his one-liners memorized? The goal is to, is to, is to fool the audience. The, the audience will never know, uh, hopefully, what's improvised and what's set material. And that's what Groucho did so well. And you bet your life. Um, some of that was written material, and some of it was scripted. And you can say the same thing for the films and the stage. And really, his skill was was the illusion that he created. We never knew what was going on. He was always surprising us. But I have an arsenal of of jokes, and uh, I'm fortunate that um, I become quite adept at coming up with it with a joke or a response to just about any any situation. I think that's the strength of the show. The show really focuses on the younger Groucho that we're talking about from the 1920s, the Broadway Groucho from Animal Crackers and the Coconuts, I'll Say She Is. And uh, I focus on that Groucho of the early films, Duck Soup, Monkey Business, Horse Feathers. And uh, so it's high, highly energetic. I sing the songs, many of the songs that he sang, I tell stories about his peers at that time, his brothers, Harpo and Chico and Charlie Chaplin and W.C. Fields. But really what makes the show fly is, is the improvisation. And it's why I still do it. I don't think I could do it if I, if I was not allowed, if I, hadn't, if I didn't allow myself to continue to create. So to answer your question, um, yes, some of it is, is a set material and... Uh, and much of it is improvised uh, on the spot because I like I have no idea what the audience is going to give me from night to night. I I mean I think it looks like a great show, and I have to say that I watched You Bet Your Life in reruns in the seventies and just was addicted to it for a while. <laughs> I loved it. I don't yeah. I didn't know anything about him at the time, and yet I just would watch this show, going like this is so crazy. We must be about the same age then, because I, I, did, I, did, I did the same thing. When I was 11 years old, I was watching, 11, 12 years old, I was watching You Bet Your Life and reruns. It was on at 11 o'clock. I grew up in Los, in Los Angeles County, in the Pasadena area, like I mentioned, Sierra Madre. And it was on at 11 o'clock at night, so I'd have to sneak out of bed to watch it. And you know, I'd watch it on my little black and white television. And the show seems a little naughty and very... Um, there was a whole subversive quality to it. I felt uh, I was in a clubhouse with Groucho and George Fenneman, his great announcer and sidekick, that handsome all-American boy that said, and here he is, the one, the only, Groucho. Uh, but I loved that show. And when I was a boy, that show was in reruns. The movies were on television. There were only four channels. And they'd have Mark's Brother Week when I was a kid. And Groucho was alive in his 80s. Wow. And so I got the... And I, and, but... And I got to meet Groucho when I was a boy. Which you was a, did? Uh, which, yeah, very thrilling. My father took the day off of work to take me to, to see Groucho. It was 1976. Groucho was just short of 86 years old, and he was not well at the time. He showed up three hours late for this event. Uh, he was promoting a book, The Groucho File. And he, he shows up, and he's glassy-eyed and slow-moving. He's wearing his beret. He's got thick glasses, a little white mustache. And he, he, I follow him to the stage like a duckling and I sit at his feet and Groucho is at the podium and he mumbles the first part of this presentation and it's hard to believe that this is the same man from Duck Soup or You Bet Your Life. He looks like he's not going to make it through the next few moments. 
And there were a thousand of us waiting for him to be Groucho. And finally, someone, after a very uncomfortable pause, someone asks, Groucho, are you making any new Marx Brothers movies? He looks up slowly and says, No, I'm answering stupid questions. <laughs> and the audience went crazy. A woman asked, Groucho, what do you dream about? And he looked at her and said, not you. <laughs> and so, you know, the body was shot, but the mind was there. And it was that image I had of him that, that day that I was able to portray, that I was able to portray 10 years later in, in Groucho Life and Review in New York off Broadway. It was 10 years to that, to that week that I was, uh, I was in New York playing 85-year-old Groucho on Arthur Marx's show. Amazing. And it, there's been so many great moments like that in my life. I met so many people that worked with Groucho. And, you know, Arthur was a friend of mine until his, he was like a father to me. I spent at least once a week with him. I talked to him constantly up until his passing two years ago. He was 89 years old. Uh, Groucho's daughter, Miriam, I spoke to two days ago. She's 86. Um, George Fenneman came to my show uh, when he was an older man. And I was at the Pasadena Playhouse in the late 80s. And I, I had the opportunity to introduce George Fenneman to the audience at the end of the show. And I said, ladies and gentlemen, here he is, the male Margaret Dumont, Groucho Marx's announcer on You Bet Your Life from 1947 to 1961, Mr. George Fenneman. And the audience went crazy. And George, Mr. Fenneman was in tears because in that other show, Groucho Life and Review, I play the older Groucho bidding farewell to his brothers. And George, it's quite moving. And George loved, loved Groucho. And afterward, George Fenneman comes back to my dressing room and says, Frank, would you like to hear about the last time I was with Groucho? And he said, I'd, I'd love to hear, Mr. Fenneman, please. And he proceeds to tell me the story about his last meeting with Groucho in, in Groucho's home in Beverly Hills. And Groucho uh, had had a couple of strokes at this time and was not well. He was in a wheelchair. And George described him to me as having a, a beatific expression he was serene, at peace with himself after a very long, long life. He was a survivor. And at the end of this meeting, George told me he had to move Groucho from Groucho's wheelchair to Groucho's bed. So Fenneman tells me he put his arms around Groucho's torso and he lifts him out of the wheelchair and he starts to shimmy him toward the bed awkwardly. And in this tiny voice, Fenneman hears, Fenneman? You always were a lousy dancer. <laughs> That's Groucho. It's beautiful. I mean, really dealing <laughs> with life and pain through humor and, and, and comedy. And that's what he did. And dealing with uh, challenges and anger and uh, unfairness and our, our culture and the world. He, 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 that, was his his, that was his adjustment through, through humor. I love that story. But uh, And so it's a great life, and it's a life, as I get older, I, I feel even more grateful to be in a position to share. Uh, I don't think there are many actors. I'm fortunate that I get to do this role, among others, and uh, that I get hired for other creative work. But this has been a role that I'm able to come back to year after year after year and hone. And I feel like a, a vaudevillian myself at this point. And um, it's, it's really been a terrific life. Uh, to hear that kind of laughter, 
Well, thank you so much, Frank Ferrante. It's been really a pleasure talking to you. It's mutual. Thank you for your time. Frank Ferrante's An Evening with Groucho will be at the Algonquin Theater in Manasquan on July 12th and the Centenary Stage in Hackettstown on July 13th. For more information, visit jerseyarts.com. I'm Susan Wollner for the Jersey Arts Podcast. Thanks for listening. The Jersey Arts Podcast is made possible by the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, supporting excellence and engagement in the arts since 1966.